just a couple thoughts about laboring. And I like that image. Tim pulled that out, and that's really us. That's what we ought to be. We ought to be laboring, laboring for the Lord, laboring for eternity, and laboring for his kingdom. Um, let's pray. Lord, help us, guide, direct our words, our thoughts. Thank you for these good men. I pray you bless and be with the ladies tonight as well. Help them, help my wife as she speaks. We ask for your help and favor. Guide our thoughts, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you remember, uh, um, I realize some of you probably don't watch television much or those kind of things, and um, that's, that's okay. I'm not preaching one way or another on it. I will say this. I think I watch about five channels. I have this package. that I wish you could buy just the channels you want. Fox News, Hallmarks. There's three Hallmarks. Um, the Weather Channel, and then all the ESPNs, and a couple others, and I'd be good, you know, really. But you, you get so many, so much stuff out there. But a n- number of years ago, there was, a, there was a movie out called Filled with Drinks, and it was a, a baseball uh, uh, movie. Did I don't anybody see it? Or am I okay? All right. So mo- most of you, most of you. By the way, this year they are going to play a game there, a regular season game. Major League Baseball is bring, who is it? The Yankees and the Yankees and the White Sox. They're actually bringing in bleachers, and th- they're saying it's going to be one of the hottest hottest tickets in 2020 for all of sports at that cornfield in Iowa. And the players are going to actually come out like they did in the movie. Which, anyway, kind of cool. Um, just a little. That has nothing to do with the message. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, anyway. So, <coughs> but in, the, in that uh, movie, there's a, there's a statement that is made, if you build it, they will come. And the idea is, you know, for this guy to get rid of what he's farming and build this baseball field and all these old timers will come back and play and so forth. And so... A lot of people use that line for a lot of different things. If you build it, they will come. Now, here's one of the things, though. I think what's happened a lot of times in, in, a, in our culture, particularly in Christianity, is we've almost adapted that philosophy. We have a beautiful property, but they don't come because of a beautiful property. Most of the people that will ever attend Timberline Baptist Church will come because somebody invited them. I spoke to a young man today who was here this morning at the invitation of one of our regular members. And they said, I, I said, how did you find out about, t-? and I ask, every time I see a visitor, I always ask them, how did you find out about us? I, I, I think I always ask, maybe there's a time or two when I didn't, and if you're here and you're relatively new and I haven't asked, I'm asking you now. <laughs> but uh, most of the time I'll say, how did you find out about us? And uh, invariably, um, it is uh, so-and-so invited me. Nowadays, too, our culture has sh- shifted so much that most people, before they ever visit your church, will have visited you online. Um, the average person now will at least watch a service online or some component of it or at least give a perusal of your website before they ever visit your church. That's very common now. But most people, and that by, by most everything you read, it's 90%. 90% of the people who ever visit a church visit because someone asked. Um, I talked to three visitors today, uh, just today, and I asked them all the same question, how did you hear about Timberline Baptist Church? And they gave me the name of someone who goes here who invited them to church. So my thought for us tonight is we got to be busy. We've got a small window of opportunity. I, w- I will tell you this, and I don't, I don't mean to sound gloom and doom because I'm not a gloom and doom. I think the opportunity is ripe for the gospel. Uh, I don't, I'm not one of these that thinks, you know, oh, it's too late. America's too far gone. I'm not that guy. 
And if you think I'm that guy, then I've failed in my delivery and my presentation because I don't believe that at all. I believe America is not too far gone. In fact, I believe this a lot of times. I think what is represented in the media about America is probably a little farther left than what we really are. I think there's a lot of good people in America, a lot of good reasonable people, a lot of good uh, right-thinking people in our country. I don't, you know, I'd, I'm not getting into the political right and left and uh, Democrat, Republican, Independent. I just think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good in our country still, but they need the Lord. It's not enough to be good. And the only way they're going to get the Lord is if people ask, if people invite them to church, if people pick up tracks, if people pass out tracks. Y- yesterday at uh, Faith Share, <coughs> we, had, uh, we had someone show up for the first time. And uh, those are great opportunities. And sometimes we think, well, I, I've got this going on. I've got that. Listen, everybody in here is busy. And I'm not throwing off on anybody. Because the fact is, and I believe this, I said this the other night in our Thursday night service back in here, um, we were studying, uh, let's see, we were studying Ruth, and now we've moved on to how to behave in the house of God. But I, the, uh, from Solomon in the writing in the book of Ecclesiastes and Paul writing to Timothy, most people who don't do things for the Lord of service or people who don't attend church uh, but are Christians identify as being saved, they're not out doing terribly wicked things. They're just out doing other things. They... I, I, you know, you can, you can mark it down. I was talking, my family, everybody in my family claims to be saved. One of them attends church from time to time. The other three, never. I mean, I couldn't tell you the last time they went to church. But every time I ask them, and I do ask them from time to time about eternity. Because I, I want to make sure that my siblings are in heaven. And, you know, yeah, you know, I just, uh, this or I just, and they've got every excuse under the world. But but the fact is, we have an opportunity, we have a responsibility, we have an obligation to be laboring for the Lord, laboring for the kingdom. And don't, uh, don't fall short in that area just because we're busy doing other things. Um, and I think it's, a, it's an easy trap to fall into. Um, I say this, you know, we have faith share once a month, and then, of course, we're out visiting every Saturday. But if you can't come on a Saturday, pick up some tracks and hand them to somebody. I'm not taking attendance, I'm not counting, but the Lord is. And that's how the kingdom of God is built, is by w- the word of God. It's not an option. Go ye unto all the world and preach the gospel. And sometimes I think we fall upon this, and that is, well, I give to the church, and they make tracks, and people pass them out. Or I give to foreign missions, and so-and-so is over in the Philippines preaching today, and that's credited to my account. Are you right? Absolutely. No question about it. It is credited to your account. But that does not remove the individual and personal responsibility that rests upon each and every one of us it to be laboring for the First of all, laboring for him. The Bible says, only fear the Lord and serve him in truth. I'll throw these scriptures up here for sake of time. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he hath done for you. This is, a, this is a powerful verse because it's a reminder. First of all, fear God. Fear is a, fear is a great motivator. It really is. And though it's interesting the Bible connects fear with service. God says, fear the Lord and serve him. So it really kind of narrows it down here. But then it reminds us of this at the very end of the verse. It says, for consider how great things he hath done for you. Listen, if I never get another thing in this life, God's been better to me than I deserve. And if there was no other motivation than what that verse demonstrates to me, for consider how great things he hath done for you. Listen, if you're here tonight and you're saved, that right there is all the motivation you or I including me, should ever need to give someone a gospel track. 
Really, it says, serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he hath done for you. For instance, when it comes to tithing, tithing's a no-brainer because it's a, it, it is a step of obedience for the child of God. If you don't tithe in here, I don't know because I don't, I don't track who tithes and who doesn't. That's, that's not me. I don't, I don't do that kind of thing. But, but that's a no-brainer. But when I want to talk about giving, when I talk about serving, when I talk about living for him, consider how great things he has done for, for you. In other words, stop and think about how very good God has been to you. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans, it's your reasonable service. Do you, you realize for a moment, just th- think about this, you're going to heaven. No matter what happens in this life, and maybe things aren't going as well for you as you wish they would. Maybe you don't have the finances you thought you would. You don't, you're not settled in life like you thought you would be at this point. And maybe certain things have gone this way or that way, and you're a little disappointed. But the fact is, you're going to heaven. You, you're never going to know hell. And you think about that for a moment. and Consider what God has already done for me. And so labor for him um, by, uh, first of all, fearing the Lord and then serving him with all your heart. And the Bible reminds of this, a verse we mentioned this morning. No man can serve two masters, for either will hate the one and love the other, else you hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. God says, don't be divided in our service. Don't get to the place in our life where we say, well, you know, I, I, I would serve him, but I got this. And I would serve him, but I got this. I, I was talking to my wife yesterday. We were out uh, making a couple visits. And, and I, I told her, I said, you know, when we were growing up, there were so many things going on then that are going on today but none of them happened on that interfere with church when i was a kid nobody played ball on sunday now most of the leagues have games and different things going on on sunday and so it it, it's caused people to start to make decisions hey listen is it a bad thing to put your kids in ball no not a bad thing at all but when you start having to make a a choice and a decision in in what you do in the direction you're taking your family and where you're going and what you're involved in what you're engaged in and god gets kind of kicked to the side and kicked to the curb i promise you when the bible talks about this it's not only talking about our finances it's talking about our life and god says hey you can't live a duplicitous life as a child of god you've got to make some decisions that say i want to serve him and as a man i i've got to make sure that i'm laboring for him then secondly joe can you kick that air on how many of you are hot? It could be conviction, but it could be that it's very warm in here. All right? And, and, and I'm pretty warm. It's, uh, I'm feeling it. So just, just click the uh, to cool and drop it down a little bit. Laboring for others. Laboring for others. The Bible says that, uh, uh, in fact, I want to I turn to a couple of verses. I'll, I'll throw these up here. First of all, in our speech, our words. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, edifying, of course, means to build up, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Third verse that we look at here, a soft answer from the book of Proverbs, turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. So I want to talk about laboring for others, and first of all, in regards to our speech, our words. Um, I, don't, I don't do a ton of counseling, but I probably counsel a married couple ev- every week, at least one, sometimes more than that. One of the biggest things that I find that gets us into trouble, I realize not everybody in here is married, but some of you are, and some of you probably thinking about it on the horizon. I realize we have some younger guys here too, but this applies to us wh- wherever you're at. Uh, one of the things that gets us into trouble in terms of our laboring is our words, the, w- the way we speak to people. Um, 
the way we're sometimes the Bible mentions that verse we use from Proverbs there, a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words uh, stir up anger. It, it might be that that our speech is so harsh and untoward that it causes a conflict when we try to present the gospel. I mean, because we're we're not a kind person. We're our words are. Are, are biting, our words are indicting, our words are just, just unkind. You know, when the Bible says speak the truth, it says in love. That's why I said, you know, if, if anybody, and I, that gentleman that was here this morning, I attempted to speak to him, and I put my hand out to shake his hand, and, you know, he didn't, didn't really look at me, but I'm not going to be unkind to the guy. I can be kind to somebody. I don't have to be a jerk to anyone. But when it comes to our, our ability to labor, sometimes it's hindered by our spirit towards other people. I, I'll be honest with you. I think one of the greatest hindrances to the success of our president is this, this verse right here, a soft answer, a soft answer. I agree with him about so many things philosophically and principally, but I, I don't agree with the, the harsh berating in, uh, of, of the opponent. You know, it's, it's like two, two guys on a ball court talking smack back and forth. I expect that from Allen Iverson, who's not even playing the game anymore, kind of dated myself. I expect that when you see those guys. I, LeBron James on the court chest bumping and, and all that kind of stuff and, or blocking a guy's shot and then standing over him. I expect that, but not the president of the United States. And I don't expect it from us. If that's our approach to people, the way we speak and the way we conduct ourselves and, and we're unkind with our words, our ability to labor and our success in doing so is going to be greatly diminished, greatly hindered. And so uh, if we're laboring, we're first of all laboring for him. We're laboring for others in regards to our words. Um, I, heard a, I heard a pastor say this a number of y- many years ago, early in my ministry. But uh, he was uh, correcting someone in his family, and I did not see him correct. He was telling me this. He was relaying the story to me. And he told me, he said, this particular person in his family had a hot temper. <coughs> and uh, he said, he said he told them this one time. He said, and by the way, they were always repentant and always sorry and disappointed. And by the way, if you've ever blown it with a child or a family member or a sibling or, or a spouse, man, you knew it as soon as you did it. You knew, ah, I'm going to have to apologize later. Or it's gonna, I, you can only stand sleeping on the couch for so long or whatever. And you, and you knew that was going to be a problem. And I wish I hadn't said that. But he told me this. He said, as he was correcting this, uh, someone in his immediate family, he said, he said to them, he said, you know, the problem is, he said, you're like a shotgun. He said, once that shotgun's fired and you come back and you apologize, he said, <coughs> excuse me, he said, but the entire wall is riddled with holes. I mean, he's got those pocket marks, you know, where, where you can see it, you know. And <coughs> I remember my dad when he took us to uh, Checkpoint Charlie um, during the 70s when the wall was still up and we traveled by train to Berlin. And, of course, Berlin at that point was split into four different sections, and you know the history there. But uh, I remember we walked along the wall, and, of course, we were on the free side, the west side. East side was right across from the wall. But as we walked along that, every building that we walked along, here's the wall. The wall is about for me to Alex and his dad right there, right right there. We're walk- And there's just all kinds of broken stone. And all of these buildings are literally just destroyed. You see bullet marks and in shell uh, casings, just just all kinds of things. And, you know, as you're going up, walking down this section and you walk and then it tells you, hey, warning, do not 
go past this point, you're leaving the American sector and all those different things and those warning signs that told you, hey, don't go any further or you'll be in East Germany. And, uh, but, but as I, I remember looking at those buildings, and those buildings were destroyed. And even though there was a treaty that would come later, the wall would come down and they have a u- united Germany and so forth, but the fact is, sometimes with your, with your words, you can do so much hurt and damage with your words that sometimes relationships are beyond recovery. And so whether it's at home, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's with your siblings, be very, very careful with your speech. Because as we're laborers together, hey, hey listen, uh, and one of the things the Lord can use is he can use that to cause division even within our church. And I don't know of a thing right now. I'm not thinking of anything. So if you think, oh, somebody told him, <laughs> I don't have a clue. Okay, so if there's anything going on with you and your family or you at your work or you in the church, I'm clueless. Okay, but I will tell you this. You better guard your speech. The Bible says let it be seasoned with salt. The Bible says it needs to be uplifting. It needs to be encouraging. If you ever have an opportunity to be a builder of men, to be a builder of people with your words, and you do contrary, you're violating scripture. If, if you are the kind that, you know, shoots the gun and, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I probably shouldn't have said that. I just lost my cool. Uh, that'll work for a while, but not very long, and it won't be effective. So laboring for others, laboring with our words, and then thirdly, laboring with our work. I, I commented about a couple things, and I could, I could go on and on. I was, I was thinking most of what gets done around this property gets done by you. Uh, and, uh, and a lot of things that happen here, nobody even knows about. Um, Adam, he'll hate me for saying it. Every Monday morning, Adam is here cleaning the church. Every Monday. Shows up at 7 a.m. when he drops his kids off and he starts running in the vacuum, setting up classrooms. That's the kind of things that God sees. Gary shows up yesterday. He's out there mowing with Ray. I don't know how many hours Ray Griffin has spent mowing and grooming and, you know, he, send, he sends me pictures. I came up yesterday after visitation and I saw him and he told me, he said, Pastor, you sound terrible. Go home. And I, I said, well, I said, uh, uh, I was going to head home anyway. <laughs> but, but he told me, he said, head home, I'll send you pictures. And so he's taking pictures of all the clippings that he picked up and making things. He said, I w- want to make sure it looks good for first responder Sunday. I was thinking about the, the uh, alarm system out there and we spent so much money trying to figure out what was going crazy with our alarm system. They came out four or five times. Robert, you would remember this. I don't know. And they wound up charging us a couple thousand after all the visits, and they never could find it. And so then one day, actually several days, Gary and Dave, uh, Gary Hager, Dave Garrett said, we're going to go through and we're going to look at every possible place where that alarm could go off. And they found a little spot where oil was leaking on one of the, uh, what was it, Joe? On the fire suppression system, there was a little drop of oil that kept hitting it, and it would trip the alarm. And these seasoned pros that work on alarm systems came for months, never could find it. Gary and Dave found it and saved us a boatload of money. We don't even bother calling those guys. We call Gary and Dave now. <laughs> but those are the kind, you, you know, Victor, Victor Munoz, he comes, he says, he says, Pastor, let me paint. I guess he didn't like the way Andy and I painted the hallway. I don't know. <laughs> No, but he told me, he said, I want to I wanna paint this building. I want to paint the outside. He said, I'll get my crew over here. He said, and I'll take care of it. You buy the paint, I'll take care of it. Do you realize what that means to a church? I mean, it's unbelievable. 
Our church needed it. Not just our, our paint didn't look. It's not like it looked terrible. But you, you talk about adding life to your property. That's exactly what that kind of thing does. P- patching all the cracks in the facade and the exterior. And he says, I want to do that. Just, just phenomenal. Now, I, I know there are other things I could mention. And I'm, I know I'm leaving out some. But I'm going to tell you something. God says he'll bless his place with two things. Manpower and money. And the holdback is when we don't provide the manpower or we get tight with the money that God has blessed us with. God has given every one of you in here the opportunity to serve him. Sometimes you think, well, I can't do this. Uh, don't, don't, don't talk about or focus on what you cannot do. Focus on that which you can do. Some of you are great givers. Some of you are great servers. But whatever it is, it is a work for all of us to do. Laboring, a, a work. And then uh, finally, let me say this, and I want to be done because I don't want the ladies to finish before me. And this is the last thought, laboring for eternity. You know, I think about, uh, you know, as that, that shuttle pulled in this morning, Andy was driving it and had a couple families and then some who can't come unless they come through the, the lift system that is on that vehicle. But, you know, two years ago we bought that. We took up an offering, paid cash for it. So those people came to church today, and if you gave towards that, you had a part in that. And so everything that we do, but the, the van that we're buying now, I say buying now, it's in the parking lot, but we're still paying. Um, that's for eternity. That's for eternity. And so I, I guess really what I want to hit tonight is this thought. Let's make sure that we're using everything God has given us to do everything we can for him while we can. No matter where you're at in life, your window is only open so long. You don't know how long you have. But man, make it count. Make it count. And uh, as your pastor, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to serve with you. But I want to make it count. And so uh, as these coming months, as we head into winter, let's look for opportunities to be busy about the Lord's work. If you've never passed out a gospel track, I want to encourage you to do this. And uh, Andy and I have talked about this, and we're going we're gonna to be adding some things uh, here in the future, dealing with the, the young people and some other opportunities for soul winning and outreach. But boy, if you have never even passed out a track, pick up one, stick it in your pocket, and all I'm going to ask you to do is ask the Lord to show me someone that you would give this to. Just, just pray that prayer. And if you can go through an entire week and say, he never did, um, keep it in there and try it again next week. <laughs> but I guarantee you, you'll have opportunities to serve him while you have the opportunity to serve him. Appreciate you men very much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being part of Timberline Baptist Church. Let's go out this week and let's be busy about his business. All right. And uh, don't forget, of course, Saturday, if you're able to come, Saturday is uh, Building Grounds Day. Um, But man, if every man in here handed out one gospel track this week, you realize you're talking 40 people would have got the gospel. 40. And God blesses his word. It's the one thing he said that won't return void. So thank the Lord for that. Well, hey, let's pray and let's go get some cookies. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for these good men. God, I'd ask you to bless them, bless their homes, their families. And I pray you'd help us to be better servants for you. Help us to make good use of the time you've given us. And may we see great things accomplished in the weeks and months and years to come.
We ask for your help, your blessing, your favor. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. Cookie time. Someone clapped. Who clapped? Evan, my man. Man after my own heart.